founder of uh, the Marian Fathers, St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, had on his heart when he was founding the Marians to pray for the deceased, pray for the poor souls in purgatory, because he would have deceased uh, soldiers of the wars of that time appear to him begging for prayers. And also he had in mind those who were dying of the plague during those times in the 1600s in Poland. And so he really had it on his heart to, to have his new congregation, the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, pray for the deceased. And he himself would sometimes visit purgatory and experience the pains uh, and torments they endured. And one time, actually, he was at dinner at someone's house, and he was in the corner of the room, and he just all of a sudden, uh, in the, at the table, while eating dinner there, he went into ecstasy, and everyone was just kind of staring at him, whoa, what's going on with this guy? And after he came out of it, he just got up and, uh, according to the story, just walked right through the table. He didn't even wait for people to, to get out of their seats so he can get out um, from the dining room area. He just walked right through the table to the bewilderment of everybody, uh, went straight back to uh, the Marian's house, their monastery, and uh, the, the brothers there were surprised. Oh, you're back so soon? And all they said was, Pray for the poor souls. You don't know how much they suffer. And then he locked himself in his room for three days, uh, praying and fasting uh, for the poor souls. And the church, we have different days dedicated to uh, different aspects of our faith. So Mary uh, is honored, especially on Saturdays. Uh, Thursday is dedicated to the Blessed Sacrament, Wednesday to St. Joseph. Well, Monday is dedicated to praying for the poor souls in purgatory. And so during ordinary time, after Epiphany and after uh, Pentecost, uh, we can take advantage of uh, praying for the deceased with the Mass. Uh, you know, there can be votive Masses. We pray for, we have a Mass for the dead. Uh, and so the Marian Fathers, we have uh, that custom especially as well. And so, the Mass is one thing we offer. Well, fasting is another, and that's what we hear in the Gospel today. You know, Jesus uh, tells the Pharisees uh, and the disciples of John uh, that for right now, his disciples aren't fasting because how can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? But after, he says, they will fast. They will fast. And indeed, we know from uh, the Didache, it's the, one of the earliest Christian documents after uh, the Bible from the first century. It talks about how the Christians switched the days of fasting from uh, Monday and Thursday to Wednesday and Friday, just like the Sabbath day moved from Saturday uh, to Sunday. The fasting days also switched. Wednesday, because that's the day Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Uh, and then Friday, because that's the day of Christ's passion. And fasting, then, is a, a great uh, penance we can offer up for the, the poor souls in purgatory. Uh, any penance or mortification, even if it's not totally fasting from food, sometimes it can just be uh, little things like not, uh, you know, on a Wednesday or Friday, maybe not having sugar in your coffee. You know, it doesn't have to be completely 
uh, like, you know, Lenten fast, but just maybe a little sacrifice, or maybe you're craving, uh, you know, desserts that day, well, maybe not having desserts, or maybe you'd rather this salad dressing, but you choose another. You know, all these little things, even if they're hidden like that, because no one has to know that you didn't want that salad dressing versus this one, that can be a little sacrifice that can uh, be offered up for great uh, love for the poor souls and give them relief. Well, how, how are these sacrifices, how are these little, uh, you know, penances, fasting, how does that all have value? What does it mean, you know, to just say, offer it up? When I was at Franciscan uh, University, it was almost kind of like a running joke that uh, sometimes, you know, that was passed around so much and that, you know, someone might look, complain a little bit and it's just like, well, offer it up. Uh, and I think there was even like a, some, some students made a little parody song out of it. But it's nothing to actually really be, you know, kind of, uh, deriding or kind of making fun of. It's actually something, one of our greatest gifts, because we are able to offer up anything, uh, any of these little sacrifices, because of the priesthood we share in. By our baptism, we share in the common priesthood of Christ. And this is especially united to the sacrifice of Christ. You know, right here, the Eucharist, the Mass. Father Chris, when uh, he was a deacon in seminary and I was a, a novice, he would ask me and my novice brothers, what's a, what's a one-word description for the Mass? And I can't remember if we all answered it right or not, but he gave the answer. He said, sacrifice. The Mass, if you could only use one word, that's what it is. It's the sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And then he also said, if you could only use one word to describe a priest, what, what would that be? And the answer he gave was mediator. Mediator. Someone who mediates between man and God. And so, by, for us, by our common priesthood, we offer up little sacrifices, uniting it to the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross, mediating between those we're praying for, like the poor souls or our loved ones, and between them and God. But this is only made possible because Christ offered the one sacrifice as the eternal high priest. And that's what our first reading, the letter to the Hebrews, gets at. The letter to the Hebrews uh, goes through a lot, a lot of those chapters there uh, go through explaining how Christ is a high priest, the high priest. And at first glance, you know, for, you know, the Jews at the time, it might be, how is Christ a priest? He wasn't of the tribe of Levi, because remember, who were the priests in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament? It was 
the sons of Aaron. Aaron was of the tribe of Levi. Now, originally, even before that, who were the priests? Well, going back all the way to the beginning, Adam. Adam was a priest, and then his son, Cain and Abel. Cain offered as a priest an unworthy sacrifice, but Abel, the just, he offered a worthy sacrifice. And then Noah, he offered sacrifice. Abraham, sacrifice. So it was these fathers of the family, the firstborn sons, fathers of the family, they were the priests. And then when we got to the covenant of Moses, it was actually going to be the firstborn sons of all the tribes. But then what happened? The incident with the golden calf. And so that was stripped away from all the other tribes except the tribe of Levi. And then we had Aaron, who would be the priest, and the high priest selected amongst from there, Aaron being the high priest, the first high priest, and then the Levites, uh, the rest of those in the tribe of Levi, not descendants of Aaron, they would be ministers there in the sanctuary of the temple assisting the, uh, the priests. And so there's actually a parallel. It's not a perfect parallel. But we have a p parallel in that uh, there is a high priest, priests, and Levites. Well, in the Old Testament, well, in the New Testament, we have uh, bishops, priests, and deacons. And so, you know, our new covenant, our New Testament, really continues, builds off of our, our Jewish roots. So Christ, though, where else do we see evidence of him being uh, a priest if he's not of the tribe of Levi? Well, what Hebrews is getting at is he's a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Who was Melchizedek? Melchizedek was the king of Salem. And he was the one uh, who Abraham uh, went to thank. Salem is, you know, the, the, the city of, future city of Jerusalem. And Melchizedek offered up bread and wine as sacrifice. Jesus, at the Last Supper, offers up that bread and wine in a new fashion. But what Hebrews gets at is that Melchizedek, he had no ancestry or lineage. He's not even mentioned as son of so-and-so. Uh, basically, you know, it's like the Old Testament is saying he had no birth. And so what Hebrews is doing is linking Christ like that with Melchizedek, priest in the order of Melchizedek, because Christ also has no uh, divine birth. He is eternally begotten. And that's what he says here in Hebrews, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. So Christ is linked with Melchizedek being in the order of Melchizedek's priesthood. Where else then do we see hints of Christ being a priest in the Gospels. Well, starting with kind of what's called the fifth gospel, Isaiah. Isaiah 56, chapter 56, actually prophesies that priesthood 
will be expended to include the Gentiles. That's made possible now in the New Covenant. And so it suggests that there's going to be uh, a new priesthood, a new sacrifice, a new temple, really. Uh, because remember, in the Old Covenant, there's only one temple, and it's in Jerusalem. But then Jesus, remember, he cleanses the temple. It's also kind of a symbolized symbol of him overturning the sacrificial system of the temple. And he kind of hints towards the institution of a new sacrifice, uh, especially in uh, the Gospel of John. You know, in, in John 7, during the, the Feast of the Tabernacles, we hear John say, you know, there's a lot of uh, water as part of the liturgy for the Feast of the Tabernacles for the Jews at that time. And that's when Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink living water. Uh, so he's basically saying, don't look to the water in this old covenant temple, but look to me. And then in John 8, during the evening liturgy of uh, the Feast of, of Tabernacles, there's a ceremony part, a ritual part with the lighting of candles. And that's when Christ says, I am the light of the world. And then in John 10, during the Feast of Dedication, uh, Christ says, I am truly consecrated and sent into the world. And, and he says, God, basic, basically says, God dwells in me. Well, where did God dwell? The temple. And so when Jesus says, God dwells in me, he's saying, I am the true and new temple. And that's what he also gets at, if you remember, whenever he says, destroy this temple, and I will raise it up in three days. He is the new temple. And then in John 17, he offers up the priestly prayer during the Last Supper. Beautiful prayer, to a uh, beautiful passage to look upon frequently for, for priests, John 17. And it references, you know, kind of uh, goes back to Leviticus 16, on the Day of Atonement, when Aaron, the high priest, gives a priestly prayer in which he prays for himself, his house, and then the people. And so Jesus actually parallels that for, by first in uh, praying for himself, and then his apostles and his disciples. And he, at that Last Supper, establishes that new covenant, that new sacrifice, tying it to the sacrifice of the cross by consecrating the bread and the wine separately, showing the separation from the blood and his body, you know, which, if one is drained completely, means death, because sacrifice involves destruction and involves death offered up. And that's what we heard in our Yesterday's reading, Jesus, we heard from John the Baptist in yesterday's Sunday reading, Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the true Lamb of God offered up as sacrifice. So Jesus, we heard yesterday, was the victim that would be the perfect victim to offer up an atonement for our sins. Well, he is also not just the victim, but the priest. He is the, both. 
He is the eternal high priest. And so, you know, at the Last Supper, when he says, do this in memory of me, he institutes the new covenant priesthood in order that all uh, his apostles and their successors would be able to offer up, renew the one sacrifice that conquered death and sin. And Jesus had a seamless garment. We also know from the Gospels, which was also necessary for uh, the Jewish priests. They wore, as part of their vestments, uh, a seamless garment. And then, like Father Seraphim would always point out, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would come and give a blessing, raising his right hand. Well, just like we have in the Divine Mercy image, Jesus does the same at his ascension. His last act as he's ascending into heaven is blessing uh, the world. So Christ then is not only the Lamb of God, the victim, but that priest. And we, when we're baptized, we, are, we die to this world and are raised up in Christ to new life and share in his uh, baptismal priesthood, his common priesthood, in that now we can join our offerings, our sacrifices, to his one sacrifice, his sacrifice here at Mass. So during the offertory, that's why Father Chris always emphasizes, you know, bring up, bring up your offerings, especially at the offertory time when that, that uh, the bread and wine are brought to the altar. That's the time for you to spiritually bring your offerings, your prayers, your petitions. Uh, you know, like that uh, testimony from uh, Catalina that Father Chris likes to uh, tell about. Your guardian angels, she said, she sees, bring up your offerings on a gold platter. And so uh, make your guardian angels happy by bringing up much on that golden platter. And then any time throughout the day, too, you know, like with fasting or uh, any actions, really, we can always offer it up out of love, uniting it to uh, the sacrifice of the Mass. And really, then, any, any action, then, takes on great value when it is united to that one sacrifice of love offered by Christ the High Priest. May we, then, fully, uh, you know, take advantage with the, through the intercession of Mary, St. Joseph, and all the saints, May we always then take full advantage of offering up our sacrifices out of pure love for those we pray for. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world.
Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.